0: The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com.
1: Today we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the world. Of the lost. Sir.
0: Well, good morning, church. How are we doing? Good. All right. So as you heard, keep acts weird. Uh, John did a great job talking about uh, the first one, adventure, and how faith is a, an a, adventure, right? It's, it's hard, but it's, but it's worth it, right? And last week, uh, Matt did a great job talking about community and, and how community can transform. And, and you saw some of that with the Mankees here, too. So today we're on transformation. And what does transformation look like? And we're going to look at it in the life of Zacchaeus. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you a story. Uh, when I was a, a youth minister, a youth pastor, DCE type, about 10 years ago, I took my youth on this trip to Mexico to build houses. We were living in Arizona. We drove to San Diego. We met our main guide guy who was going to take us across the border. It was, uh, myself was driving a van with a trailer, and there was another van. We had about 25 high schoolers. And as we crossed the border, we're following this truck that is going to lead us to our campsite of where we're going to stay for the night and, and stay every night where we'll uh, just debrief and relax and then go build houses uh, the following days. But as we're going across the border, things suddenly change, right? If you've ever been in Mexico, you know like traffic rules don't apply at all, right? Stop signs are optional, traffic lights are non-existent, uh, paved roads are, you know, here and there, but most of them have giant potholes in them. And so it's, it's really an adventure driving in Mexico, um, but as we're doing that, all of a sudden, I get, I'm in the back, uh, I get like held up because there's all these cars kind of cutting in front of me and the truck and the other van go on ahead and I'm freaking out because I've got 14 teenagers in the back of my car that, uh, that parents have entrusted me and now I'm lost. We don't have cell phone service, uh, we didn't have any maps because we trusted that we would be able to follow this guy out to where we were going. I don't know what to do. I've never been in this area. It's just chaos. Everything looks the same. Nothing's familiar. So I just pull over and I'm just praying, God, please help, help, right? And um, all of a sudden, uh, the guy comes back, the, the truck guy comes back and, and he had said, I had left that guy there, told him to pull over. We'd come back for him. He came and got me, pulled us and we were okay. Whew. I still had a job. I was not going to jail. I mean, everything was, was good after that, and we got to, to build a couple houses and, and uh, serve some families down there. Uh, but I tell you this because at one point in our life, we've all gotten lost, right? You've all gotten lost? Maybe guys won't admit it, but we've all gotten lost at some time, right? So here's what I want you to do. Uh, turn to your neighbor or turn to someone behind you or in front of you, and just in the next 30 seconds, uh, tell them the last time you got lost. Just the time frame. When was the last time you got lost? Go. Go. All right. Let's see. anybody gotten lost in the last month? A couple in the last month. Last week? And we got lost today? A a couple, yeah. OK, yeah. <laughs> so uh, getting lost is a part of life, and unfortunately, it's also a part of our spiritual life as well. We all were lost spiritually at one time. And so uh, our story today is going to look at that, what it's like to be spiritually lost, but then spiritually found. And so we're going to look at the story of Zacchaeus. And if you know this story, or if you grew up in church as a young kid, you probably know the song, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little, a wee little man was. He climbed up in that sycamore for the Lord he wanted to. Very good, church. Wow, you guys are awesome. So um, yeah, we know that song. Many of you probably heard it years and years ago, but it's stuck in your head. That's the value of this musical intelligence we have. And if if you don't think we have that, I mean, what was the last time you alphabetized something and, and uh, you know, you sang the song, right? A, B, C, D, right? You ever, or is that just me? Maybe it's just me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's this common story that we know, but it's, it's so much deeper than just that song, that he just wants to see Jesus. In fact, Jesus comes to Zacchaeus and ends up changing his life and transforming him. And so today we're going to focus on three words. We're going to focus on that Jesus sees us, that Jesus stays with us, and ultimately, Jesus transforms us, all right? So, sees, stays, transforms. The first one, sees. Let's, let's read uh, the first couple of verses here in Luke 19. It says this, He entered Jericho and was passing through. Now, he being Jesus, Jesus was uh, passing through Jericho. He had just healed a man right before that on the road to Jericho. And he was on his way to Jerusalem. If you read further in the story, you know he was on his way to then ride on a donkey, enter Jerusalem, and ultimately be killed there and sacrifice himself. So he's like one week out from, from dying at this point, right? So that's pretty significant of what we've got in our story and his mission. We'll, we'll look at his mission in just a minute. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was rich. All right, what do we know about Zacchaeus? Not much other than chief tax collectors were were not liked at all, right? He wasn't just a tax collector, but he was like the, the head of many tax collectors. What that meant was uh, tax collectors would often, the way they made their funds was to uh, collect money from uh, the, the Jewish citizens for the Roman government, and they would always tag on more for their own income, but then they would have to pay Zacchaeus, one of the chief tax collectors, so, they, uh, so he would tag on more and more, and so ultimately he was running this pyramid scheme and was uh, very, very wealthy, and that's what it says here—that he was very wealthy. But he was very unlight, all right, very unlight. Um, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up. He looked up. So Jesus. Is going into this town. This parade like atmosphere is coming. People are lining up the streets just to see this guy because he spent three years with these people and he's done all these miracles. He's, He's been well known. So people want to get a glimpse of Jesus. But who does Jesus notice? He doesn't notice all the people along the side of the street that already know him, that are praising him. No, he notices the guy in the tree that's hated, the guy in the tree that's outcasted by society, the guy in the tree that's. A cheater, a liar, you know, just not a good guy according to society. And the people don't like that at all, right? The people do not like that. And, and I don't think we like that at times, right? Because at times, uh, we think that Jesus should focus on us, right? We're the ones that are going to church. We're the ones that are spending time and praying. We're the ones that have, have been in church our whole life and, and those kinds of things. But the new guy whose life is not even transformed, he's still living in his sin, he's still cheating people, yet that's the guy that Jesus sees up in that tree. And this says something about Jesus' character. And I think this is one of those character uh, parts about Jesus that we often don't like if we dig down deep in ourselves, right? That we want Jesus' focus, but he, if we know the last verse, he comes to seek and to save the lost. That's his mission in life, right? His whole mission. So naturally, Jesus would, See the lost guy up in the tree. But just like that, he knows your name, he knows my name, he knows, he calls us by name. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down from there. and Let's keep going. Uh, that's C. Now we're going to go stays. Here's what uh, Jesus says to Zacchaeus. He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, we'll get to that part in just a second, but he stays with him. Here's the thing, Jesus invites himself over. He says, I must stay at your house. When was the last time you invited yourself over for dinner? Yeah? Uh, Probably not often, right? It doesn't work that way, but for Jesus, he's got that, that status that when he invites himself over, people are like, yeah, of course you can come over. I mean, just think of, like, some famous person that would invite themselves over to your house for dinner. You wouldn't turn them down, would you? Um, and that's what Jesus does. And the people grumble about it. Because, again, they say, no, Jesus, what about me? What about me? I've been faithful. Zacchaeus hasn't. Now, what are the ways that we connect with people, Right? Maybe you pull out your phone, and if you think about somebody, you text them and send a, a quick, you know, I love you text, or, or maybe you actually pull that phone out and you, you dial and you call to them, and that would be a deeper way to connect. Uh, maybe you write a handwritten letter to them. That's maybe an even more intimate way to connect with someone, because that could be kept, stored away, read over and over. But perhaps one of the most intimate ways that you can connect with people is by going over their house for dinner, Right? by sitting across from them, by seeing their space and seeing how they live. And that's what Jesus does. Um, one of the things when I was in, in youth ministry, uh, one of the things I was always encouraged to do and loved doing was, was going over to, to my teenager's house. Sometimes I'd be invited, but sometimes I'd invite myself over for dinner. Or, you know, It was a great way to get to know people, but also get a free meal. And, um, but while I was there, I'd always ask, now this kind of, sounds kind of creepy, but I'd always ask, hey, can I see your room? all right? Because when I did that, I could see this teenager's, you know, what the posters they had on the wall, or the pictures they had next to their bed, or the books next to their bed that they were reading, or maybe not reading, or uh, the things that they were involved in, the trophies, and, and just, I got to know that person so much more because I saw their surroundings. And isn't that what Jesus does for us, right? That he left heaven, and he came to us, He entered our world and said, I must come and stay with you here on earth. And he lived that life and he suffered and died for you and for me because he wanted to get to know us intimately, not only then, but for eternity. And that's a powerful thing of Jesus, where Jesus stays. Jesus stays. You know, and oftentimes I think the people grumble because they look, and we do this too, we look at the sinner more than we look at the Savior. Right? We look at the sinner more than we look at the Savior. And that's, that's where Jesus' power overcomes the sinner's uh, actions. And so this is where we see this. This presence of Jesus happens in the next couple of verses here. So uh, verse 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold or four times that much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I think that's like Jesus' mission statement while he came on earth, right? That was his purpose for coming on earth, to seek and to save the lost. And so after Zacchaeus makes this great meal, right, he probably cooked up some good steaks and uh, had some good, Maybe German beer and some bluebell ice cream, and Jesus is full. They're, they're enjoying themselves, having some conversation. Zacchaeus has this transformational moment, right? And he says, Jesus, you know what? I've been wrong. And I feel bad about that. And I need to make things right. And so I'm going to give back fourfold anything that I've taken away from people. That's a lot of money that he's swindled out of people four times. Now that was actually the Jewish law. You can find that in several places in the Old Testament, that that was the law. If you had wronged someone, you had to give back four times. But what wasn't part of the law was giving half of his possessions to the poor. That was above and beyond. That was a sign of true transformation, that he wasn't just going through the motions, but he actually had been changed by being in the presence of Jesus. And so that's what he does. That is the proof of Zacchaeus' transformation. He was kind of like this, and that was a big thing for him, right? Because he was kind of like the screwed character, didn't have a lot of friends, he was, his whole identity was, was based on his finances and his money. But this isn't primarily a story about money, is it? This is primarily a story about uh, the things we make our first loves, the things we put above God, right? And it could be money for you, maybe, or, or it could be maybe your body and your appearance, or it could be a, a relationship, or, or maybe it's your career and, and finding an advancement in that, or, or whatever it is, there are things that we put above God that when we spend time in his presence, we're transformed and we, we realize what's vital there, right? And I don't know what spending time with God for you looks like, being in the presence of Jesus, maybe it's... This morning you got up and before your kids got up, or or while the sun's still out or not out yet, you grabbed that cup of coffee and you sat on your back porch, getting eaten by maybe mosquitoes. But uh, you drank and maybe read some of the Word, right, and connected with Jesus that way. Or maybe being close to Jesus and and spending time with Jesus uh, looks like just coming home from a busy day, maybe on Friday night or Thursday night, and just sitting on your couch or laying in your bed and just thanking God for the blessings in your life, thinking that you've made another day through and that that you get a nice bed to sleep in and and you're just thankful for for what you have. Or, Or maybe it's coming to church on a Sunday morning where you get recharged and rejuvenated, where you get to take the sacrament of God's body and blood where he is present in that meal and you get to have that communion with him and with one another and you're recharged. I don't know what spending time with with Jesus looks like for you, but he wants to spend time with us. And when we spend time with Jesus, we're transformed, right? Like Zacchaeus. And that change comes in in many ways, right? Uh, And it's not only that initial transformation, but here at Acts, we also believe in an ongoing transformation, that we're not just transformed one time, but we're continually, continually transformed day after day after day. So I want to bring up someone, uh, a special guest. You may have seen him before. Uh, You may know him, but you may not know his story. Uh, It's Tanner. I'm going to bring up Tanner. And Tanner uh, has been our worship leader for a couple years now. But he has a cool story of transformation one time, but then also ongoing. And uh, so Tanner, welcome him. Yeah. Uh, Hello. And what you don't know is, is, I mean, you probably don't know that Tanner does a lot around here, right? He's our community group li- leader person. He's our, our worship coordinator person. He's our building coordinator person. So if something's wrong with the building, he's the guy to... I,
2: I look like I do a lot around here. That's yeah, the key. So,
0: That's the key. So we really appreciate you, yeah. Tanner. Um, let's see. Yeah, tell us about your initial transformation and what that was like. Yeah. Um.
2: So whenever I was growing up, I grew up in Arkansas and... uh. uh None of my family are, are believers, uh, except for a few random, uh, grandparents here and there. I've got a cousin who's a Pentecostal, um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, it wasn't, it, you know, faith and, uh, belief kind of, you know, God was a pretty distant concept for me, uh, growing up, and, uh. Yeah, it just it just didn't it didn't mean anything to me, you know. And it was it growing up in uh Northwest Arkansas, kind of right there in the Bible Belt, and so it like whenever I'd meet whenever I'd meet kids, you know, like it, whenever I was younger, they'd be like, "Hey, what's your name?" And then the next question is, "Where do you go to church?" And I'd be like, "Nowhere," you know. And that and I so it just it just wasn't something that that was a part of my life. And then um eventually once I got into high school, um I, I had a couple friends who uh, went to, the, to the, a Lutheran church. They went to a youth group there, and one time they were like, hey, you should, you should come. You know, just, just come and check it out. And I was like, well, sure. You know, they're like, they told me they play Ultimate Frisbee, so I was like, I'm in. Um, and uh, so I went, and right around that time, uh, the, the uh, church there had brought in a DCE intern, uh, from Concordia, Texas, whoosh, whoosh, and, um, and so I started uh, just kind of getting to know that guy, and uh, his name was AJ, and uh, getting to know him, and then, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I just gradually kind of uh, got more more involved, and it, it kind of snuck up on me, you know what I mean, like I never really intended, like, I'm gonna go to church and become a Christian, you know, it was just uh, something that that happened, um, I got plugged in playing uh, I had always wanted to play music, and I hadn't until that point. And, uh, and they were like, hey, you should, you should play bass in the, in the band. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. And they're like, here's a bass. Figure it out. And so, uh, so I started, uh, started playing music there, and I think that was one thing that really kind of uh, hooked me in and, and kept me coming back. But, yeah, I, I guess over that time, um, I just started to learn a little bit more and more about who Jesus was. Uh, and And he was a very fascinating uh person to me, and so uh, I, it wasn't it wasn 't like that you know a thing a lot of people have like you know I was blind and then I got knocked off my horse and you know and then I, you know it, the the whole Paul. i didn 't have that kind of yeah. miraculous conversion, I think it was just this slow burn mm-hmm. um, yeah, so anyways, here I am
0: well, yeah, and here you are <laughs> yeah. so uh there must have been some kind of calling within that God put on your life to where you said, yeah, I want to go serve you and, and work in a church. What, what was that like? Or,
2: Yeah. Well, and it, that, that was a funny story, too, because I was at a uh, – so I had been involved in the youth group there for about a year and a half at that point, and uh, we went on this uh, retreat with all the other youth groups in, in Arkansas, and I met a guy that worked at Redeemer Lutheran. He was the DCE there. Um, his name was Travis, and he was like, hey, have you ever thought about DCE ministry? And I was like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hadn't. Um, yeah, and so that's, uh, yeah. That's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like, like Zacchaeus, uh, sometimes when we um, enter into that transformational call and say, all right, God, here I am, uh, I'm yours, Sometimes we have to give things up, right? Yeah. Or we feel led to, to do that, um, things that maybe were are our first loves. But what, what maybe in your life did you feel, yeah, this isn't, this isn't, uh, I had to give up, I had to sacrifice. Maybe it was friends, yeah. relationships, yeah. or what would that look like?
2: Well, I think that, that maybe the, the main thing that I had to give up was just my own agenda and my own plans for life. And I'm not much of a planner, so I didn't have a whole lot of plans <laughs> Um, uh, for my life, but um, I was uh, I was all, uh, once high school was coming to an end, and I was all set up to go to the University of Arkansas, and basically with the goal of, I'm just gonna, you know, go through, I was looking at architecture, other things like that, like a job that I can, you know, enjoy and make a lot of money doing, um, and that was just kind of the goal, you know, and I, I think just kind of do whatever I want to do, which is funny. I still uh, jokingly say that when people say, "Like, oh, what are you doing?" Like, whatever I want. But um, I tell that to Katie every morning. Um, uh, but I think I think that the what I what I gave up was was my own agenda and, and my plan. And so, uh, you know, pitching that idea to my parents, they were they were pretty confused because I was like. Gonna go to this school that wasn't gonna be too expensive, and I would get a job that would, you know, I'd make it a lot of mon- you know, a lot more money doing. Um, and then I was like, hey, I want to go to this way more expensive uh, private school, and then do church work and not not make a, a lot of uh, uh, money. And you know, just from the the financial standpoint, they're like, that doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I I I felt God's calling to that, and I felt Him. Uh, Calling me to to put my own a plan, my own agenda, or you know, kind of just the do and whatever I want to lifestyle right. behind me and say, "Oh, okay, now you know, you're 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 about uh, God's kingdom. You're about uh, serving other people. The, the, you know, now you've got to be about um, making life better for others, okay. as opposed to just focusing on yourself." Yeah. So that was probably, yeah,
0: I guess the 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 main thing, yeah. you know. Uh, one more question for you. Um, so now you've been here at Acts a couple of years. Mm-hmm. What does transformation look like in an ongoing sort of way? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I I think
2: that is that's the kicker right there is the ongoing transformation. I I know um, uh, se- several uh, Sundays ago, or I don't even know how long ago it was, but Leon Leon preached and he preached about how we can deceive ourselves into thinking that transformation is a one-time thing. And when we fall into that, we think like, okay, I'm good now, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, um, you know, you don't have to worry about anything, right? But I, I think that it's, uh, that ongoing transformation um, is so important because it's, you know, it, it, it Scripture tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It's not just a one-time thing. And we're like, all right, it's good. You know, I think you have to put work into it. And you have to, you have to put work into being a part of a community, um, you know, and really make that a priority. Um, so, yeah, the, the ongoing transformation there. And then I, I've experienced a lot of uh, ongoing transformation just being a part of Acts because it's, uh, it's, it's humbling and, and and so awesome to be a part of a community that is, um, that is really seeking to genuinely love their community and love their neighbor outside of, uh, outside of our, our walls here. Um, and so I think that, that that's been uh, kind of a main uh, motivator for ongoing transformation. I think whenever... I first, you know, started coming, uh, going to church and stuff, it was kind of, and even for the first several years there, uh, I think faith was something that was just kind of within this little community, this like little thing that we had together, you know, a little club, and then, you know, coming to Acts and and being a part of that, it's like, it's taken it from that really uh, uh, exclusive little, you know, niche to being a person who's, who's, choosing to be on mission, um, with, uh, with the love of Jesus every day. So yeah. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks Tanner. Thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Give it up for Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. I got to, it's, it's really cool to see, uh, how people come, uh, how far they come. I had Tanner in class my first year I moved here to Austin and, and just now that he's, uh, I work for him now, and it's really cool to see that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, talking about that ongoing transformation, I would love to see like like Acts chapter or part two to see Zacchaeus, like what he was living, you know, that week later after Jesus died and what that looked like for him or a year later or five years later down the line, like what Zacchaeus's faith was like um, because he had been transformed by Jesus, Right. And uh, so to close up, you know, I think sometimes transformation feels like, uh, sometimes it can feel forced, but with Jesus, it, it shouldn't feel like a used car salesman, right? It's, you shouldn't be guilted into transformation or, or coerced or, or, um, or, or threatened or, right, any of those, but transformation should come naturally, right? Uh, I heard it explained once like this, that transformation is like being let go out of a prison that you never knew you were in before, right? That when you get out and you're transformed, you look back and you're like, how did I ever live like that, right? And I think Jesus does that. And and ultimately, back to Jesus' mission statement was to, remember it? Verse 10, to seek and to save the lost, right? To seek and save the lost. And I think that should be all of our mission statements as we look at what Jesus came here on earth to do. And ultimately, uh, he did that for you and for me, by giving his life, you know, a week later after this event on the cross. And that didn't just impact Zacchaeus at that time, but it still impacts us today. And it impacts everyone who's not part of this community or not a worshiping uh, believer that Jesus still transforms today because of what he did 2,000 years ago on that cross. And he's continually doing it in our lives through the people here at Acts. And so, I pray that in the next week or in the next year, the next uh, five years, you see the transformation that Jesus has, has performed in your life, right? That by, by him seeing you and by him staying with you, he ultimately transforms you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus to seek and to save the lost. We were all once lost, but now we are found um, only by your grace. So we thank you for that. We thank you for um, that you continually see us, that you stay with us, that you entered into this world as a baby and grew up to, to live that life that we couldn't, and that you ultimately transform us and love us. I pray that you would continually transform us, that you, we would be open to that, that we'd spend time with you. And that uh, you would reveal how you are doing that in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas.
1: Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at ActsChurchLeander.com.